Hello, listeners. Thank you again for tuning into another episode. I really love this one. Uh, Emily finally meets Lyft, and we talk about Zeth's like three page interlude for almost a full hour. In real life, Emily is flying to my house this weekend. And we are going to be recording the end, the very end of Words of Radiance. Maybe we'll live stream it for our Discord. That would be kind of fun. Or maybe we'll just do a, a live talk at some point to, to chat with the folks on our Discord. But thank you all so much for supporting us through this second book. I'm so excited to get into some of the novellas with her when it's done so we can continue our Lift and Edge Dancer discussion. Okay, but, but you guys need to listen to the episode first. All right, take it away, theme song. Welcome back to another episode of My Sister Made Me View It, currently covering the Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson. My name is Megan, and I should be picking puzzle pieces up off the floor. My name is Emily, and it is Friday, and it was the last day of the work year. Oh, wow. So I am just having a real good time. Listen, you know how there's that week, I mean, but instead, <laughs> instead, we're making a podcast. We're making a podcast. Okay, you listen, you know how there's usually just like a week between Christmas and New Year's? Mm -hmm. Well, our family had Christmas early because when people were in town. So I've been in like this weird limbo in between space of how long is it until the (laughs) new year? And I have to work every day? But now I also get to podcast. Yes! Oh, I'm so excited. It's been forever. It has been forever forever uh this week we are covering interlude nine and interlude ten lift and zeth emily can i get your first brush opinion of these two interludes this was fabulous you met lift i met lift finally so you i know you all remember dragon steel and we had some really good friends come and stay with us and they were very good about not spoiling anything um and one of them is a is a uh artist and she gave me a sticker <laughs> she gave you her beach au sticker emily who's on the sticker well it's dalinar mm-hmm. with a little kid next to him mm-hmm. and they're like this is lift i'm like who's lift and they're like you are literally gonna meet her in the next chapter so it's fine that you know about her i'm like cool uh emily you should know that is now the canonical version of lift not in the beach clothes but Marie, the friend who gave you the sticker, yeah, she was the one who did the design for the miniatures. They, she's drawn enough fan art of Lyft, uh, Dragon Steel, who's like commissioned her for some smaller things before. Says, "Hey, can we like commission your Lyft for our miniatures Kickstarter?" So that is exactly what Lyft looks like. This is Lamoree, and I'm so excited to read this whole book so I can go and look at all of her artwork. Oh, it's really good. <laughs> Emily, what's up with Lyft? I'm disappointed, first of all. Okay, listen. People in fantasy worlds can just be called after verbs. They don't have to have the Y in it. (laughs) The thing is, okay, so I am a super stubborn. I know, but you know, while we're each telling truths here. (laughs) Jeez. No, when people would say 
the name Lyft in my brain, I could see L-Y-F-T. And so that's how I've imagined her for weeks and weeks and weeks that I'm going to meet this character named Lyft. And it after is, the ride share After service. the ride share. Um, just like Bluth was named after American animated treasure, Don, Don Bluth. So you see where my confusion comes in is that her name is L-I-F-T. And I felt like I had, I was meeting a whole new person that I wasn't expecting to meet. A whole new girl. <laughs> I was an introvert that was surprised I'm by so an sorry. extra person. <laughs> so. But she's delightful. Oh my gosh. She gives me very Enola Holmes vibes, which is funny. We've watched Enola Holmes like five times. Okay, yeah. We've watched it so many times the last little bit. And so this is perfect. Um, This chapter, it's very... Okay. We're going to talk a lot about this chapter. Uh-huh. A lot. So much happens. There's so much world building. Brandon, why are you this way? Why are you so good at what you do? It's like so much info dumping and world building in a way that is... So entertaining, you don't even realize you're being taught stuff until it's too late. So I'm gonna I'm gonna slide in here. Okay. I'm gonna slick in here. <laughs> oh, is that with, what her <laughs> We'll get to that. With a little bit of an opposing statement. Mm-hmm. I don't like lift. <gasps> Interesting. I know. I wouldn't have guessed that of you. I find her grating. <laughs> Well, too bad because I, I know. Love her. I know. I would like to hear what Wendell has to say. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. Normally, when Brandon purposefully tries to write a comedic relief character, I don't find them funny. Like, mm-hmm. here's Megan's unpopular opinion. <laughs> I don't care greatly for Lyft, the Lopin, Wayne, or uh, somebody in Miss Pointer. I think it's like Dachshund or something. Uh, and I think it's just because that's not what I find funny. I think more like when Adolin and Shalon are on the date and he has to talk about how they clean out his armor. That's what I find funny is when serious characters find themselves in goofy situations. Okay. I, I don't normally find goofy characters funny on purpose. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay. Uh, so this is only the second time I've read Lyft's interlude. I usually just sort of slide on past it. <laughs> You're so slick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is why we're joking about this. So Emily's reading this book, and I'm sitting on the couch on my little merged dragons game. And Emily goes, oh, I've always wanted that power. This is the power I want. And I'm like, to be slick? And she goes, no, growing vines. And I'm like, right. <laughs> Definitely. And she's like, slick. I'm like, nothing. <laughs> Rainbow. That means zero things. So I uh, spoiled it. Just a very brief overview of this chapter. We meet a new character. We find out some more about the Asian uh, world. Uh, we meet darkness again. Stupid hey, what, justice what dude. What shape are their buildings? <laughs> They're like boobs. <laughs> I'm thinking of that meme of Buzz Lightyear uh, talking to Woody. It's like boobs, boobs everywhere. <laughs> um, and we we get the thing is with this, we get so much world building mm-hmm. in one chapter. Yeah, and it almost feels 
it doesn't feel crammed in. It doesn't feel, I'm, I'm yeah. just so impressed with this because, I mean, we know Brandon can wax eloquent and stretch out pieces and, of information and, and only Wayne drop. eloquent. Yes, that too. And only <laughs> drop little pieces of information every so often, which, you know, makes for a very interesting read. And so this, for me, was actually really a fun little detour Mm -hmm. to all of a sudden be like yes give me this information i am loving this Mm -hmm. but i think if you had stuck me with this chapter saying you've never read anything by brandon sanderson you've never read anything from way of kings read this chapter i would have been like there's too much information in this chapter it's Mm -hmm. just too much and now i'm just like i can't get it fast enough so this is what i think are the greatest strengths of the interludes Mm -hmm. Because if you remember back in book one, we were basically just in the war camps the whole time. And then Shallan stayed pretty much in one or two buildings in Carbonth. Mm-hmm. And I love going places in the interludes and seeing around this whole world. And yeah. Axes the Collector is still one of my favorite interludes. Only because that huge spread out in the bay yeah. is so cool to me. Yeah. And I love getting to see more of Azir. And... Emily, who is Lift with? Did you know I knew exactly who it was? She knew. Oh, you guys, my mouth, <laughs> my whole jaw hit the floor. Because I didn't even remember this guy. People can grow and learn and become more, Megan. Hey, oh, oh, before we get to him, where's Azir on the map? I don't know. I actually was going to look at the map, but then Thank I... You there. Yeah. We're, okay, while well, Megan looks up the map, uh, who were we talking with about maps? Was it Mikkel the other day? Yeah. Oh, we were talking about how we imagine things in books and that sort of thing. And you guys were explaining. And I was saying, um, I don't build like a set in my head. I, when I read books, I'm just like, oh, they're in this, you know, they mention like, oh, we're going here or, oh, we're doing this. And I'm like, okay, here's the general idea of what this place looks like. So when there's a map and I'm always wrong because I always imagine it incorrectly, I think that's why I don't like maps. Mm. See, and me, most buildings, palaces, huts that are in a book are vaguely based off the layout of the house we grew up in Louisiana. Mm. I mean, even in just this book, or like, and also last book as well, Rashon's house, Mm -hmm. when Kaladin goes into the kitchens and he's sitting in the little alcove, that was where like our breakfast table was and that window there, like that's where I imagine that. Mm. And I just scale the rooms up or down depending on like how fancy the place is. So yeah, that's like... What I imagine, what I picture. Okay, so Azir is a fairly large country. Mm-hmm. I won't say center, but I'll say it's it's like where where Arizona is. What? If you overlaid a map of the U.S. Yes. That's the same size and scale as this. Yes. Azerona would be right there. <laughs> I'm saying it's not dead center and I'm trying to think like <laughs> I think it's where New Mexico is. <laughs> I can't believe you're making fun of me. But I make fun of you for everything. <laughs> it's 
true. But I felt like that was a very good. That See, was this great. is Hawaii out here. No. Yes. So, um, yeah, Azir is obviously smaller than Alethkar, smaller than Yakuved, but I think it's one of like the the bigger after those two it's one yeah. of the bigger countries so it's a mm-hmm. bigger deal it's not like some little backwater place who do we know that's azish one of the bridgemen uh-huh <laughs> sen there is not a bridgeman called sen not anymore <laughs> he was never a bridgeman i'm thinking s i Sigzil. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, out of all the Bridgman that I know, there's one of them. <laughs> Just like Bella Swan before him, Sigzil is from Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sidebar. The screensaver on mm-hmm. your TV right now, mm-hmm. this is how I imagine Shinovar. Oh, beautiful and green and lush. Mm -hmm, But with like big mountains next to it. I can see that. Podcasters, you can't see this. We're just enjoying this beautiful view that is like very flat green plains and very sharp, steep hills. And then the ocean's right there. Are those pine? Those aren't pine trees. I don't think so. They look deciduous to me. Yeah. Um, I believe this is a valley in Hawaii. Huh. Uh-huh. The Waimanu Valley in the Kohala Forest Reserve on the island of Hawaii. So, or I mean, <laughs> we're going by Emily's logic. Say, <laughs> is there anything else you want to make fun of me while we're on the map? Do you know, I'm not going to make fun of you, but I also think Shinovar is Utah Valley. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not saying that because of how weird Zeth is. <laughs> Personality-wise, he's a peculiar person. Anyway, we're not talking about Zeth. We're talking about Lyft, who is here in an Azir. His name is, okay, it's either Huckin or Huquin or Huckin. I'm not making fun of you. Huckenberry Finn. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, anytime I pronounce a word, it's always wrong. <laughs> so, um, H-U-Q-I-N, Huquin. I don't know. Anyways, um, I correctly guessed that this was someone who we met earlier in a different interlude. The lady who defaces art. Portraits. Mm-hmm. Which we see her handiwork. Well, okay, my question was, was it her? Because they're here, Lyft is here with several other thieves to do some, you know, thieving. And she ends up, Lyft ends up seeing later on in the chapter some defaced stuff. I'm wondering if that was specifically this lady or if Hugh Quinn uh, did it himself. I'm going to let you know it was specifically that lady. Okay. Which, do we know her name yet? No. Okay. But what did she target specifically? A velvet, a velvet. Sorry, you say that. And I picture the velvet cloud paintings. <laughs> so I'm imagining velvet cloud paintings of all the heralds. <laughs> I'm sad. <laughs> Sorry. That's the next. You could do that at a fan art. Listen. I'm going to say velvet clown paintings of the heralds is very far down on my to do okay. fan art list. Listeners, draw in. <laughs> Um, anyway, which of the heralds did she deface? The female? One of the females? One of the females. I don't remember. Shalosh. Oh, 
Okay. I'm going to drop a hint the size of a brick, listeners. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. And I know you guys are like, let Emily explore. And I'm like, I'm putting up a road sign. <laughs> Zeth's very, first time we saw him, Way of King's Prologue. Yeah. One of the ten heralds was missing. Was missing. Was that her handiwork? <gasps> so she just, she's she's like the opposite of Seth. Instead of killing people, she just kills artwork. And she only kills images of Shalash. Interesting. Is it because she's a follower of Shalash and believes that any representation of her goddess is blasphemy? Or does she have a beef with Shalash? So that I'm not going to answer, but okay. I, I like where your head is at. Thanks. So when we first saw her in her last interlude, the, mm-hmm. this vandal, yeah. we were in a different country and it had different names for where she was. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let you know that was that nation's names for the heralds. And she was specifically searching down imagery of Shalash. Got it. Cool. Yeah. And when Shalon was drawing in her sketchbook and she's just drawing pictures everywhere... She drew a lady defacing property. So after she said a prayer to Shalash, she drew a picture Shalash of Shalash is going to call upon Shalon to... Avenge me! <laughs> yes! <laughs> and then do artwork of, lady, this is how your life could be. All right. So, yeah, here we go. So we've got a child who I think is around 13... She's not 12, because that's an unlucky number, mm-hmm. but she's like, I'm 10, and she thinks like I've been 10 for at least three years, because she's very concerned with luck and unlucky ages and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And so there's a group of thieves, and they are just looking to come and not do anything specific. They're not looking to steal anything specific, just looking yep. for valuables. And they're doing it on a night that everyone in this palace, the Bronze Palace, is going to be distracted, because they are picking their new Optimus Prime. Yes, and what happened to the last Optimus Prime, the previous Prime? He got murdered. Who murdered him? Megatron. No, um, Megatron and Optimus Prime are in love, and (laughs) Megatron would never kill him. (laughs) Who did it? Seth. He, they've killed two in the last six months, something? Like, they've, their, their leaders have been killed in a very short time. And I'm kind of jumping around here, but we're... I love this city. Uh-huh. I love this city. Because you heard it here. Emily's a boob girl. <laughs> because in order to apply to be basically their emperor, you have to write an essay convincing people to let you do it. I am in love with this concept. But something interesting is mm-hmm. this time everyone's submitting bad essays on purpose yes. because no one wants to be the next prime. Because it's... Right now, everyone sees it as a guaranteed death sentence. And so they're talking about, we should pick the worst one, the people who are in charge of this. We should pick the worst essay so that we will protect the future prime. Yeah. Which I love their logic. Because their logic is, uh, their prime, they worship their prime. Even though they don't know who this person is, they just haven't had their eyes opened yet. And it, it's just a really cool, a really cool concept. But yeah, they, if you become prime, you are a public figure. People can pay to watch you sleep. Like they take turns. Clippings of the, of the hair and toenails, toenails as a relic. Yeah. Which I would read a book just set in the Bronze Palace about the prime. 
I have. Do you have really great news? Pretty good news for you. Tell me. So earlier, you're like, why do I know the word edge dancer? Yeah. There is a novella called Edge Dancer. And this chapter is actually a sample chapter (gasps) from Edge Dancer. And so after this book, between, yeah, between this and that, because the Edge Dancer novella, mm-hmm. you know, this is part of it. And it, it gives a little bit further the adventures of Lyft. Yes. So Thank you, gonna... Brandon. <laughs> that's that's why you know the, the word Edge Dancer. Okay. And that's going to be one of our in-between things. So stay tuned for the Edge Dancer special. Awesome. So this is a really fun. Yeah. I feel like it. Excuse me. We had pizza tonight. Woo. I feel like it's a really fun culture. Mm-hmm. So Lyft has a little friend, a little buddy. Yeah, a little buddy. Who's it? Wendell. Wendell. What's Wendell? He's a spren. Uh-huh. Which, listen, if I'd just been reading this and didn't know what a spren was, like, I think I still could have understood, like, it's a magical being, the concept of, uh-huh. but it's so cool because we know what it means that she has a spren and that she can do, quote unquote, magic. And so that's just so fun. Things are coming together and falling into place. This poor spren is trying <laughs> to info dump on her. It's like when I'm trying to talk, but Megan interrupts <laughs> me while we're podcasting all the time. And he's trying to be like, let me tell you about the spren culture. Like, what was his job that he did? He was a gardener. And what did he grow? Vines, mastery, shrubs. Hold on there. I know you're so excited. He grew crystals based on the minds of people in our realm. How did I miss that? You were going very fast. I was. We had a, we this had a was ton so good. This was but, so good. Yeah, he was talking about his job. While Megan's looking, I have to tell you about my very cool Discord friends um, <laughs> in another in another fandom. Um today listen they are some of the most generous people i don't know these people just from being online with life. them yeah yeah and uh, someone was like oh i have a button maker and they posted how they had some pictures from off like some bodice rippers or you know it's it's the dude with the long hair and the lady you know holding on and they're like oh and i made buttons out of them and so i just you know responded i have a mighty need because i just thought they were so cool and they immediately messaged me and was like what's your address i'll send them to you and i'm like oh people are so good like people are good okay i can't find it he mentions it in here so we'll, we'll find it as we keep going but yeah he was a gardener and he grew incredible crystals Based on minds of people in this realm. Mm-hmm. So the realm of the spren is known as the cognitive. Mm-hmm. And then we're in the physical realm. And oh, so and we get, sorry, we get so many hints about yeah! spren here where he talks about, because uh, Lyft at one point is asking him clarifying questions and he's like, me crossing over left holes in my memory. And I'm just like, that's like sill. That's like pattern. That's like all of this stuff. Like, yes. Not only that, he said, it left holes in my memory despite the precautions we set up to, and that's when like lift cuts him mm-hmm, off. Mm-hmm. So sill is an edge dancer. No. Sill is an. Oh, sorry. Not lift. Sill is a wind. You got Otter this. Spread. Otter spread. <laughs> so sorry. Pattern is a. Cryptic. Yep. We don't know the name of what Wendell is, but he is from another order, another society of Spren. So, and he also says, 
that he wanted to pick someone else. He had That's this right. grandmother in mind. A matron who liked to garden, who knew all these things. And, the, and it was like, the ring told me. And I'm like, oh no. The one yeah. ring? The... <laughs> Probably not. Probably um, not. And so... Syl mentioned in the last book that she watched Kaladin before she came to him. Mm-hmm. So so they don't just imprint on the first person that yeah. they come to, which I really like that. Because mm-hmm. we talked about this at one point. I was worried that everything was happening too coincidentally. Yeah. That, oh, Yasna happens to, you know... Yasna and Shalon happen to have the same abilities or similar abilities. and just happened to blah, blah, blah. But... To know that this was very deliberate in the way that mm-hmm. they were chosen makes me feel so better about have, it, I guess. You have guessed multiple times that this magic system is hereditary. It is not. It's not. Okay. It's not. Okay. Sorry, Rafo. I guess. <laughs> I just, every time you're like, these two characters must be related. And I'm like, mm, it's not hereditary magic. All right. But what you do want to keep your eyes out for is why are these people by chosen by spread? Mm-hmm. Why was Lyft a better choice? Okay, well, here's the question because Wendell is talking about the person he wanted to pick. Um, but no, the ring said we should choose you. And the reason being that apparently Lyft has visited the old magic. Is that what he says? Mm-hmm. The old magic, capital O, capital M. Uh, our mother has blessed her. She will... Yes, I'm getting to that. I, d- I know! <laughs> I didn't say anything! Our mother has Which is a rare... Feet? Feet. <laughs> she will be young and we can mold her. Not that I'm, I'm expecting any sinister things to happen, but the idea of, like, molding someone, like, from a young age, like... It, it, you know, Jedi train kids when they are very, very young. Mm-hmm. Um, although I don't think they anticipated how stubborn Lyft would was. be. Yeah. yeah. She's definitely not what I think they were expecting or having in mind. And also I wonder how... I wonder what kind of concept the spread have about age. Because Syl seems very childlike. But it almost seems like she's ancient at the same time. Kaladin to her, if she really is a piece of a god, an immortal mm-hmm. god, Who's Kaladin, daddy? yeah, would be an infant to her. So maybe he's still quote unquote moldable mm-hmm. as well. So I don't know. No, I'm serious. Who's her daddy? The god of honor, the Stormfather. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wendell called the worker of the old magic the knights. Well, I'm assuming the knight sprint. Is that what it's called? Who's the one that grants wishes? The one that you spoiled for me, that she was a spren. I don't... Is she, my brain says Night Sister, but my brain's also like, that's Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Listen, let's just call her Star Wars, but what does Wendell call her? Well, she he calls her, I'm assuming it's a he, our mother. And, uh, like, that makes sense that that strong of a spren, the Night Lady. Night Watcher. Night Watcher? Is yeah. that what it is? Okay. We got there. (laughs) She's an Inquisitor. (laughs) From? Star Wars. Inquisitorville. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we start reading this, and Emily's like, is Lyft from Inquisitorville? And I'm like, you mean the world from Mistborn? 
She's like, yeah. I'm like, no, she's not from Scadriel. <laughs> but I like where your head's at. Because she Thanks. does later. Well, I didn't ask because of her. I asked because someone is following her in a black yeah. jacket with silver buttons. And it made me think of the Inquisitors and, like, the nail things that they have. Anyway, so. The what? Don't they have nails? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you said something. No, I. You, the you, nails. Emily's a witch. <laughs> I was like, how could you possibly? But Emily, you're gonna, we're going to laugh about this later. <laughs> I don't understand, but okay. You did great. You said a cool thing. Okay, thank you. I don't like that knowing. You apparently already know. Okay. So, she... Has, since she is a radiant, she has access to two different powers. Mm -hmm. Oh, yep. Okay. She does have access to two powers. One is to make vines grow, make seeds grow with... Oh, no, is that not... Yes, yes, yes. no, that's right. Keep going. Okay. And and the other thing is she can do this the slick thing where she slides. I thought the slick thing was what she got from the Night Watcher. The gift that she got no. from the Night Watcher. The gift she got from the Night Watcher is when she eats food, it turns into stormlight. Oh, okay. I she, thought that was a radiant thing. No. Because Kaladin uses up all the stormlight and he gets really tired. Yes. But where does Kaladin get his stormlight? From, like, actual, like, spheres. spheres and... Mm -hmm. so oh, okay. Lyft has going. a magical metabolism now. Mm -hmm. She can eat food and process it into Stormlight. That is so cool. Which is, okay, that makes so much more sense. Because at the end, when she's she's captured, and they're dragging her down the hallway, this the guy that he calls Darkness, or the, they call Darkness, um, they ha he has his minions run ahead, take out the spheres from, like, the the lights wait until they pass and then as they after they've passed they put the the things back in and we know that they're taking precaution to make sure that she can't pull stormlight into them but she has no idea why they're doing that like yeah. she doesn't know she doesn't know about spheres. that she can do that yeah she only she, like she gets it from processing food from metabolizing it and i wonder if she can even do that if the metabolism thing replaces the ability anyways mm -hmm. yeah so um when he finds her, she's completely full of stormlight. Mm -hmm. And I know this is jumping ahead, but do you remember how he drains all of her current stormlight out of oh, her? Oh, yes. He he has some sort of little creature that eats it. Is it the creature that Risen gets? And I knew it! Yes! I knew it! I yes! knew it! I knew it! It's a Larkin. <laughs> that is literally the creature that Risen has. It is a creature that can absorb stormlight. And she's from the Reshi Islands. And that creature's from the Reshi Islands. Oh my gosh, ah, everything's connected. It's this is so fun. Oh. Okay. Anyway. Back to first, the beginning of the chapter. You said that she can make vines grow. It's not just vines, because remember she uses it to grow back what was cut on Gox. Yes. That's that's regrowth. Regrowth. Okay. And so the 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 darkness that's chasing her. Saw Lift use 
the the slidey power. Yeah. And not until he sees her use regrowth that he recognizes both of those powers and knows that she's an edge dancer. That those two combined equals edge dancer. Okay, but, but we're jumping back to where we were. We'll get to what the darkness <laughs> guy is talking about. This is such an exciting chapter. This might be one of my... This might be one of my favorite chapters of this book. Not my most favorite, but one of yeah. like the top three. Anyway, so when we're, when we're doing the seeds, Wendell is trying to explain how the magic system works. Do you, Yasna would have killed right. for a spren like Wendell. Yeah. Because I feel like with Ivory, she's had to like really like pull that information out and like claw for every inch of knowledge that she gained from you've, him. You've you missaid a couple things. What I that say. needs to all be in past tense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay, so I refuse. I um, refuse every I time. Refuse. Every time Windows like use. Okay, this word. Investiture. That. <laughs> okay, was that just the gif of the guy throwing <laughs> glitter that you just reenacted? You know what I want. Investiture. <laughs> I'm giving you a Cosmere umbrella hint here. Okay investiture is the word for magic across the cosmere okay do you know what the background is to this word like yes okay we can you no. share oh, okay. that's a rafo that's a rafo but what okay so every world that we've seen in the cosmere has a different way of basically activating investiture breath breath the mm-hmm. uh, metal metal yeah so so you have to access investiture in a different way okay and this roshar's is stormlight mm-hmm. i'm getting it one of them anyway what we talked about that there's more than one kind of magic on roshar how like spren isn't the only magic around listen to our podcast <laughs> we've mentioned this have we yeah because like what's the, the other one well, like, Axie's the Collector doesn't use Stormlight. No, he doesn't need to. Because there's more than one kind of magic on Roshar. What kind of magic does he do? It's different. What is it? It's different. <laughs> if you don't remember, I'm not telling you. <laughs> Listen, I don't think that's... I think Stormlight and Spren is not the only magic we've seen because the old magic is different. Okay, I accept that. Okay. Okay. Just I off. think you're telling the truth about this, but not about the other thing. Okay. So anyway, um, but she just yawns, and every time, every time he tries to give her information, she just yawns to cut him off. Well, she's young too. Like, yeah. I think. Listen, if you were a teen and you could just do cool stuff, would you want to? Well, okay, I would. I would yeah. want to know how it worked. I guess other people might just be like, I don't care. It works. Whatever. Hmm. So, we will make an edge dancer of you yet. But yeah. So, the spread knows what kind of. Yes. So, okay, question. Yep. I'm trying to think how to, how to bring this. So, different spread have different abilities. Yes. And so, okay, maybe this is really elementary, but the sort of spread that you bond with, that is the kind of ability you will have. Not that yeah. that was innate inside of you. It's just. Right. If you were to bond with a cryptid, you must be this. You can't be anything else. I am 90% sure that is the case. Okay. That if you bond a wind spren, I'm sorry, an honor spren, you infected me. If you bond <laughs> an honor spren, you're going to be a wind runner. Okay. If you bond a 
uh, cryptic, you're going to be a light weaver. Got it. I am pretty sure. That's Listeners. the most important thing, Megan. If you're wrong about I know, it. right? <laughs> Embarrassing. So, yeah. They break into the... They break into the the bronze palace, mm-hmm. and Lyft is a little confused because instead of going for artwork or jewels or whatever, um, the thief group she's with they're just taking random like everyday objects like fabric or whatever. Yeah. But oh, Huquin explains that this will keep us in luxury for at least one to maybe two years, and so again. You hear palace, you might think, okay, whatever. But no, everything in the palace is very wealthy, very rich. And so they're doing it, I feel like, in a really smart way. If you're, you mm-hmm. don't want to announce like, hey, we've stolen the Mona Lisa. It's, hey, we're... <laughs> what? Emily watched Glass Eye. I did. <laughs> it's like, do I help? I don't want to take your victory away from you. What victory? I'm going to make sure that Hugh Quinn is the dude from the earlier okay. thing. Sorry, keep I'm gonna talking. I'm gonna keep talking, and they're doing it really really smart. I also just in case anyone was curious, I don't condone stealing, <laughs> but they are doing it in a way that is safe and smart and will get them a really good result and kind of lets you live another day to fight. I I'm I'm all for that. That's that's what I'm for. Okay, Emily, I don't think it's the same guy from the previous interlude. Dang it! I was so sure. Yeah, sorry. I, I only say that because you mentioned he was, like, it mentioned he was Gox's uncle. Mm-hmm. Oh, sidebar, here is fan art of Gox by Murray. Oh, he's adorable. <gasps> he's adorable. <laughs> you know who I was picturing? Every picture. Vincenzo. Like from- this little gawky kid, yeah. yeah. From Gallivant. I'm going to pull up the picture of Lyft. Okay. You mean the sticker I have on my laptop? Yeah. Which is adorable. If you guys look up the Beach AU by Lamary. Lamary? Lamary. Lamary. It's L- adorable. No. Marie. Lamarie. Lamarie. But Lyft is looking for something very specific. Uh, she is not going with the main group of thieves. In fact, she has been kind of left behind with the young 16-year-old of the group whose name is Gox and he's very curious and wants to know what's going on and you know chats with her and wants to know how she did these things like seemingly climbed a solid brass wall Mm -hmm. because all of the stuff that she does with Wendell no one else can really see which I feel like is a callback to you're not supposed to talk to Spren because only crazy people talk to Spren. Wendell mentions that he can make people see him if he tries really, really hard. Mm-hmm. But Lyft can see him all the time. And he mentions something about you. You are constantly in the cognitive realm. Oh. I wonder if it's if it's a physical thing. Like, like you know how shrimp can see extra colors? Uh-huh. Or if... Oh. We've talked about that before in these books. I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. I t- <laughs> sorry. I was going with that. Well, while you're also <laughs> at an emotional low, I should let you know that it's Baxel and Av who help oh, that. Uh, the, the lady. Oh. Sorry. You were wrong. That's okay. I, I wanted I'm you okay. to be right a lot. <laughs> Let's, listen, apparently I'm right about a lot of things. <laughs> I can be wrong about this. 
what was I going to say? I'm sure it was brilliant. You're asking, is it something that's shrimp colors or is it something that's related to... Oh, if it's just her... I'm going to say her age. This is what... Okay, I remembered. It was... If it's a physical thing, like her brain is specifically wired a specific way, um, like with the horn eaters who can see Sprint all the time, Mm -hmm. or if it's like the way that she thinks, like... If she were to outgrow this way of thinking, she would have to work a lot harder to see Wendell as well. And so I'm intrigued to see um, what happens with that. And then Megan, I I for sure, I was just like, I found a typo. Because he says his name is Gox. And she immediately calls him Gaw. And I'm like, oh, that's a typo. That's really weird that, like, an editor would miss the name when it's clearly on the line above it. But then Meg pointed out that we already know that she has a hard time pronouncing some Asish names. Asish names. And it's just such a fun character thing. It's just fun. Listen, I'm such a nerd. I love this sort of thing. I just, I really like it. Okay. You can't scroll around too much because I'm making sure there's no spoilers. But here is Marie's design of lift. She is adorable. Mm-hmm. She has very, to me, Kiki Palmer energy. Okay. And then here is what the miniature is going to look like. There's <gasps> Wendell amazing. with There's the vines Wendell. and crystals become his eyes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, her hair isn't textured like that in real life, but mm-hmm. like that's what you got to do for a miniature. And there she is with Dadinar at the beach. Yes! Um, but Lyft is after something very specific, but it's not jewels, it's not uh-huh. riches, it's not anything like that. It's food. And at first I'm just like, that's kind of a weird character thing. Like, yeah, she's a young kid, yeah, but, you know, yeah, she'd want to eat, maybe she's an urchin, like, mm-hmm. uh, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Because she even says later, like, listen, even if I stole, like, material goods, I would just sell it and use it to buy food. The idea that she has, it sounds like a really high metabolism. Like, she takes a few bites of something and almost immediately can have stormlight. Yeah. But she's looking specifically to eat the rich people dinner. Yeah. And I I just think her little adventure with Gox is so cute. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't want to leave. He wants to stay where his uncle has told him to stay. Um, and Lyft is just like, well, that's boring and I'm not going to do it and come with me or not i don't care yeah so the reason why lift is here tonight is tzik found out about the whole like he found out that tonight would be the best night to rob the palace so she came with them because she feels like she owes it to them to help out um and he says why bother and then she says something very interesting someone has to care too few people care these days does that sound familiar to you at all no all right, this is what Kaladin's dad said to him. Okay. Somebody has to care. Somebody has to stand up and do what is right because it is right. So is she being drawn here radiant energy-wise? Like, what? what is she supposed to... What well, is she caring about? Well, Kaladin's dad isn't a radiant. No. But it's it's more like... It's more like, oh, what do we as people owe to each other? Mm-hmm. And it's... But how does she know these people? Uh, she's just met them doing thieving stuff, I guess. So they'll have to read Edge Dancer (laughs) to find out. (laughs) I didn't know if, like, to me it sounds like a fairly new Mm. gang because she doesn't know who Gox is. She doesn't really know much. She doesn't, she can't even name all the people in the group. Yeah. 
And I don't think that, like, magically she knows these words. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a way to show us that, hey, this character is a good character. She is a good character. I love her. Mm-hmm. And a good person. Mm-hmm. Her voice is very, like, her narration voice is very it's so unique. funny. She's like, what am I? I'm awesome. Like, I love it. <laughs> but, yeah, she, this is where she kind of overhears them, the the people who are trying to make the decision who should be the next prime. They're trying to decide you know, she's listening to them as she's just like sneaking in and just like there's all this food and she's mm-hmm. just like, Jackpot. Yeah. So her slickness, she can influence the the friction. She can increase and decrease her interaction with her surroundings. And she can do it on very specific parts of her body. Yeah, it's not just like, oh, I have no control. It's just like, I only want this. I only want this to be slick. And I want, like, the palms of my hand to be able to grab stuff. Mm-hmm. All I can see is, like, Bill Nye standing there talking about friction with the dancing ballroom couple in the back. He's like, what if there just wasn't friction and they just, like, fall down to the ground? See, what I see is, have you seen trailers for the horror film Megan about the doll? No. Okay. Life-size android, its creator basically brings the doll home for playtesting and says, Megan, you're going to protect my niece. You're going to make sure nothing bad happens to her. And of course, with obscure instructions like that, this doll goes off the deep end and starts trying to kill everyone who's slightly mean to this little girl. It's a horror movie that's coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is a shot where there's a kid bullying the niece in the woods. Mm Mm-hmm. And Megan starts running after him. And she's like a life-size android. So she's she's played by a little girl wearing a mask. Like okay. in the behind the scenes, she's got an animatronic mask on. So she looks very fake, That's but she moves cool. like a real girl. Anyway, she's running after this kid. And then the camera does a fast cut. And she's running on all fours. Blech! <laughs> That's what I pictured with Lyft. With just <laughs> her hands and her feet had <laughs> friction on them and everything else was slippery. As Lyft just going, blah, 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 blah. See, I saw her on her, on her knees, like just. Oh, like the scooter things we'd play with in PE when yeah, we were little? Yeah, yeah. Omni movers. And she's even like, hey, this isn't very, like... Elegant. Elegant, but it gets the job done. Which be- Darkness brings up later. Oh, that edge dancers are all super elegant and he could see them speed across the thinnest rope or dive like a ribbon through a battlefield. We're going to talk about darkness a little bit. Ribbon, like Syl being a ribbon in the light. And remember when you're like, is Seth <gasps> stop, 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 stop. Seth moves like a ribbon of light in the air. He can fly. Is he one of these? Is he an edge dancer? So I'm going to rafo you. Okay. Because if you remember, to know what? say rewind and found out because still literally says no spren helps him out well that's why i'm so confused because he's not a spren no he is not <laughs> but no spren bonds with him but he has the same abilities like i'm gonna say no Zeth he does he's not a use weaver he's a wind runner that's what i meant okay i meant he's what kaladin is yes he's yes. what kaladin is we'll talk about zeb we're we're he's gonna be our little Exclamation point at the end of this. Little booze moose. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause for a moment where Wendell is talking about what is with Lyft because not only can she see Spren, mm-hmm. she can touch them. She well, can I like guess... pick Wendell up. She can grab him, and Kaladin cannot touch. Can't still. do still, and I and I I can't picture Shalon doing that to Pattern either. Like mm-hmm. he just kind of like 
slithers places, you know? Yeah. So, somehow you are partly in the cognitive realm, Wendell said. It is the only answer I can find to why you can touch Spren and you can metabolize food directly into Stormlight. Mm -hmm. She shrugged. He was always saying words like those, trying to confuse her, starve and void bringer. <laughs> but why, Wendell said, why did she, capitalize, mm -hmm. give you this incredible talent? Why a child? There are soldiers, grand kings, incredible scholars among humankind. Instead, she chose you. Interesting. Soldiers. Kaladin. Grand kings. Please say it's not Elokar. Incredible scholars. Yasna. And they don't get to eat and make stormlight. They don't. Okay, I have a question. Okay. If she metabolizes food directly into stormlight. Does Lyft poop? I am wondering, because you turn it into energy, but, like, when you eat something, you turn some of it into energy. You right. don't turn all of it into energy. Okay. Does Lyft Stormlight Archive poop? <laughs> oh, this could be a weird Google search. All right. Does Lyft poop? Reddit. Our Stormlight Archive. There's always a word of Brandon Always. Nameless 36. Does Lyft need to poop? Brandon Sanderson. Lyft's system is more efficient than that of a normal person in this particular area. Less poop, almost none. Interesting. Um, and he says he imagines it being like uh, someone who doesn't eat for a year but can survive off of their body fat. Mm -hmm. Nameless 36. Why does Lyft get hungry after converting food to Stormlight? If you don't need to breathe while holding Stormlight because it sustains your body, why would you need to eat? Brandon Sanderson. Her body is a little confused at times. That's part of it. Also, she just has a psychological response to eating like many of us do. Engineer Dave 22. This is not answered by Brandon, but it's the most upvoted question. Could Lyft cannibalize her own flesh for investiture? <laughs> At what point in her digestive tract does food transition from stuff to investiture? That's so funny. Okay, well, I guess. We'll thank never you. Know. We'll never know. <laughs> so, I love the paperwork of this civilization mm -hmm. because yes. darkness shows up to take her. Yeah, and he's brought the paperwork so i i know this will be a rafo but i'm wondering if he is a native of this land mm -hmm. um or if he is if he's just been here enough but yeah he has produced the paperwork to basically arrest her like people are being like hey what are you doing and then he produces the paperwork with all the signatures the stamps the notary everything and they're just like carry on we have no idea what's happening but you produce the paperwork I love it. It's like, it's like, is it Amy in Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah. Where they need to, they need to do some sort of, they need to get around the paperwork, but they make the paperwork work for them. Where they want to do a block party or something, but the city won't let them. But there's some weird loophole law that like, if you pay a penny back in the 1800s, you could have this sort of, anyways, I just, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love the problems that are circumvented by characters being clever. Yeah. So Lyft gets hit in the chest so hard that her ribs crack. That's right. She eats a roll mm -hmm. and the stormlight heals her. So she's she's already she's got okay. that down. Yeah. And then this is when... There's a merry chase. 
Uh, yeah, so this is when darkness, darkness thrust something towards her. The little animal was like a Kremlin, but with wings, bound wings, tied up legs. It had a strange little face, not crab-ish like a Kremlin, more like a tiny axe hound with a snout, mouth, and eyes. It seemed sickly and its shimmering eyes were pained. How could she tell that? The creature sucked the awesomeness from Lift. She actually saw it go, a glistening whiteness that streamed from her to the little animal. It opened its mouth, drinking it in. I love it. And Risen has one of these. Mm -hmm. She has a corpse of one, and she has a live one. No. No. Uh, Her Bobsk made a deal for a corpse of one. I thought they gave him both. They gave so him he both. gets one. He gets one. Okay. And then the live one has like Pokemon bonded to her. Right, right. So, okay. And I don't want to take us off track. Uh-huh. But I'm thinking like, because Lyft is extremely, it says she felt very tired and very, very hungry. So she, this is obviously something she needs to live. It's not just like a, a vanity thing. It's something that she needs to live. But if she's somewhere with no, f- Okay. Maybe I'm making this too complex. If she's somewhere with no food, and so she can't produce her own stormlight, but let's say she's able to figure out how to suck it in, because to me, now she needs it to live. It's not just a cool thing. Is stormlight an endless resource? Will the world run out of stormlight one day? Uh, So where do... Not not radiance, but where do normal people, how do they get their stormlight? Well, they get it during a high storm. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how they charge their spheres and things like that. And then during the weeping, they cannot charge more spheres. Right. So, yeah, there is a, you, right now the only place that they know how to get stormlight from is from the storm. So if there is no storm, there okay. is no stormlight. Okay. So if, if the weather was beautiful forever... Maybe Lyft would die because she can't get Stormlight. Okay. So, oh, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna talk about something we we passed over a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. She's from a place called Rall Elorum, mm-hmm. and they call that like the Village of Shadows or the Town of Shadows. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound great. Yep. Nope. Sounds like so. Uh, wait, what's the place I said? Oh, Inquisitorville. <laughs> it sounds like Inquisitorville. Scadrial. Yes. <laughs> So, the lead vizier is really, like, the guy has the proper paperwork, but the lead vizier is like, I don't think this is right. Mm-hmm. And he ends up shoving a table towards one of Darkness's minions who is holding lift and uh, helps her get away. Mm-hmm. And I loved that because remember the story of the people who would kill each other over mistakes and how they were like, this is how it has to be. I like that Brandon's putting in things like people have the ability to go against the system, like, for their own personal beliefs. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. So, the paperwork, the very last sheet of paperwork is he's not just here to arrest Lyft. He is here to kill her. Yeah. And we know this dude is obsessed with justice, back from the cobbler guy. I hate him. I hate him. But, okay, I didn't like him in the previous chapter. I'm not flip-flopping on this dude, okay? Not doing that. But by the end of the chapter, he went from from very cliche, you know, evildoer, bringer of justice to, hmm, what's going to happen next sort of a thing. This guy is, we don't know if he's lawful good, lawful evil. Mm-hmm. He's lawful something. Yeah. 
But uh, the interesting thing is, uh, so as they're running, she's trying to get away. You know, she's trying to grab food, you know, uh, and as she's running, uh, she keeps noticing things about him, just weird things about this. She just calls him darkness. But of course, darkness wasn't a real person of that, though little else, she was sure. Here's the thing. Darkness has a shard blade. Yeah. Yeah. They have two shard blades. Not darkness himself, but someone in their group does, don't they? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as they're running from darkness, this is when Wendell talks about what he did before. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, ah, how did I get into this? I was a gardener, a wonderful gardener. Cryptics and honor spren alike came to see the crystals I grew from the minds of your world. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because famously cryptics and honor spren don't, don't get along. Don't agree on stuff. So he's going to be the mediator. And Yeah, and cryptics are, oh, between... Sill and Pattern. Yeah, yeah. When do you think Sill... Okay, so Sill and Pattern... They've already met. Didn't they meet at the... Well, like... We don't know. We don't know. I'm assuming. like, what is that over there? And we know that Shalon sent Pattern down. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine? Never mind. Rafo. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, one of Darkness's minions also has a shard blade. Mm -hmm. And then Windle says, there's something about those weapons they carry. Shard blades, Lyft said, worth a whole kingdom, built to kill Voidbringers. Built to kill Spren? Voidbringers. Well, she calls him a Voidbringer. She calls him a Voidbringer. There's a lot of misdirection going on here. So I think there's a misdirection here. Because you know how Lyft is trying to interrupt Wendell every time he says something important? Mm -hmm. Shalon said something similar about Zeth's shard blade. There's something different about his shard blade, something about the amount of stormlight. Shalon says that Sorry, about... I meant Sill. Okay. I was like, did something just get spoiled? No. <laughs> Sill said something about Zeth's shard blade, and then she mentions something about the amount of stormlight he carries. I'm rewinding. Okay. No other honor sprint are doing what I do. This is Sill talking. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one who disobeyed, but his shard blade. What of it? Kalatin asked. It was different. Mm-hmm. Very different. It looked ordinary to me. Well, as ordinary as a shard blade can. It was different, she repeated. I feel I should know why. Something about the amount of light he was consuming. So not what the blade held, but what Zeth was was eating. And then over here, when they're talking about shard blades, he says, Window says, there's something about those weapons they carry. Oh, Wendell says that. Yeah, not Wendell okay. says that. There's something about those weapons they carry. And then Lyft interrupts him to be like, oh, sh- shard blades. Everybody knows what these are. Yeah. Yeah. So we know that when a spren comes from the cognitive realm to the physical realm to choose their human. When the child's first laughter. <laughs> there are holes in all of the spren's memories when they do this. Mm-hmm. And they start out very simple. Mm-hmm. You know, um, very childlike, without knowing anything. Lyft mentions earlier that Wendell didn't even talk when they first met. And that the spren remember as they grow older. So it's almost like humans are born knowing nothing and they learn as they grow. Mm -hmm. And spren are born having forgotten everything. I say born. Spren come into this world having forgotten everything. And they remember things as they grow Mm -hmm. older. Anyway. Anyway. uh, Gox gets his throat slit. Yeah. Okay. This was amazing. Not that he died. Uh-huh. 
But it's very interesting because basically he's killed because Lyft doesn't listen. The person that's that's threatening Gox is like, if you move, I will kill him. And and she does. Yeah. She runs to him. She runs to him because, you know, she's like, I got to save him. Which I love that about her character of this person that she just Follows met. Yeah. Yeah. She just met. It it proves her character is someone that we are rooting for. Someone that she's, you know, loyal and wonderful. It's just a good way. It's a good way to mm-hmm. introduce your character. And Darkness tells the minion that was poorly done. You will be punished. And the minion's like, what? I I said I was going to do it, so I had to do it. I had to do as I had threatened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Darkness is like, you don't have the right paperwork to kill somebody. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. But this conversation is so interesting. Do you want to play Darkness or the minion? Uh, I'll be the minion. Okay. But I had to do as I threatened. You have not done the proper paperwork in this kingdom to kill that child. Aren't we above their law? Without the law, there is nothing. You will subject yourself to their rules and accept the dictates of justice. It is all we have. The only sure thing in this world. So I want you to think back to Cobbler. Mm -hmm. If he had done that in a different kingdom Mm -hmm. where the rules and laws of culpability were different. Interesting. I don't think darkness would have killed him. I I would believe that. I I would completely agree with you. I think that's that's 100% right. Oh, that's interesting. See, he he reminds me of some other character and now I can't think of who it is. Although hmm. Lyft has not done anything worth killing for and he is still trying to kill her. Well, isn't he and after why? all radiance? Like isn't that just like the universal crime of being a radiant or whatever? He's after these proto radiants and that's one of the other reasons why he kills the cobbler. Mm-hmm. So, there's there's a there's a chase sequence. It's great. Um she's she's asking Wendell what to do. He says he doesn't know. Because the, the transition leaves holes in his memories. But Lyft remembers something. This was who she was, who she had to be. Okay, and then this is in italics. I will remember those who have been forgotten. And I am assuming those are words with a capital W. Because Kaladin's in the first book, he says, I will protect those who cannot protect themselves. Yeah. So I think... She has said this previously to Wendell. Okay. And she's just remembering She's it. remembering it. And so basically what she does is she learns, well, she extrapolates that if she could make vines grow, maybe she could make Gox's skin grow back together, <laughs> you yeah. know? And she, I, it, it looks like she uh, breathes stormlight into him, but it can't just be stormlight, can it? Rafo? Rafo. Okay. I'll accept that. So, uh, Edge Dancers. This was the best. That was amazing. That was so mature. This was the best scene. This whole chapter is amazing. Like I said, it's so full of life and it's so full of fun information and it's done in such a great way because people, people see this happen, but they don't see her do it somehow. And they believe Gox has brought himself back from the dead which, Which means, means he's prime. It's him. Oh, we're so sorry we didn't recognize you initially. So 
Not only is it the fact that he's done a miracle, but they mention he will be able to resist the assassin in white when he comes again. Because, because he's already died? He's already died and he can bring himself back from the dead. Well, I don't think that's how it works. I bet he'll be fine. <laughs> oh. um, well, okay. Because the assassin in white is having a crisis conscience. He's having a crisis of faith. We, we're so close to getting there. Okay. First, I want to talk about, I want to jump back into this conversation with darkness and lift. Mm-hmm. Because he says, she says, you, you could have hunted big crime bosses, murderers. You chose me instead. Why? Others may be detestable, but they do not dabble in arts that could return desolation to this world. Oh, oh, earlier when the viziers or whatever are talking and they're they're naming everyone that's being killed at this point, you know, all their primes, you know, princes, high princes, like the world is kind of going crazy. They're like almost makes me feel like another desolation is coming. And so people are starting to read the signs like from Eshenai's point of views. Sorry, we've been reading this book for eight months already. <laughs> Did Eshenai say why the Parshendi decided to kill Gavilar? No, that has not been stated. I think it has. I'm, I've guessed that he was going to... Do something to bring back their gods. Okay, you did not guess that. I did. The book definitely told us that. No, you said, you said, because I said, if I remember this because it was a moment of triumph. I was like, it's like if there's a button that said, do not press. He said that in the first book. People would press it before the paint was wet. And you're like, "Ah, Rafa. So that was in the first, okay. That was in the first book. And then during the second book, Esh and I talks about stuff. But do you know what? Whatever. So, Darkness is trying to prevent the Desolation's return. By killing as many Radiants as he can. But I don't think you can stop something like this. Like, even though it's a quote-unquote noble cause, at this point you're just murdering people to stop the inevitable. I'm thinking not quite on the same level as Zeth, but mm-hmm. the idea of that is similar to Seth's. I saved him, Lyft said. I did something good, didn't I? Goodness is irrelevant, Darkness said. I'm not raising my hand. You don't even care, do you? No, he said. I don't. You should, she said. You should, you should try it. I mean, I wanted to be like you once. Didn't even work out. It wasn't even like being alive. And then she gets she's pardoned. Thirteen, and she's already seen so much. It's like Shalon, who. Everyone's like, oh, your life is blossoms and cake. Not understanding that you just can't know what a person's life has been like by looking at them. Mm. But yes, uh, Gox is back. Uh, He's clutching a piece of paper in his hand. He's already drinking the paperwork (laughs) Kool-Aid. And he's pardoned. He's pardoned uh, Lyft. Yep. I am prime a caxis. How do you, uh, a quack, uh, no, because there's no Q. A-Q-A-S-I-X. Arcasix. Ruler of Azir. Ridiculous. <laughs> the Kata Sixes have spoken. So he's oh. Six and they're the Kata Six. Okay. Oh, this is the Kata Sixes have spoken, said one of the Scions. The Herald's Darkness said, they have done no such thing. You are mistaken. So do they call themselves Heralds? Uh, 
Or do they believe because a miracle has taken place, the Heralds have a hand in it? I think that's it. Okay. That's the one. And Lyft is like, great, Gox is emperor. Can I eat your dinner? Yeah. I love it. There you go. So that's Lyft. And that was pretty long. That was very long. That was, uh, it was very long. And now we have an interlude that's quite short. And poor Zeth is having the crisis moment that I knew he would because I knew he was going to break out of this. And listen, I was, listen, I'm sure I was young and naive. I wanted him to just be okay. And obviously with everything he's done, he's not going to be okay about it. I have a question. Yeah. Where is he having this breakdown? It said it was like, there was like a hundred layers of... I'm going to point at the book. Okay. Oh, you're a Thiru. No. That's not what it says. <laughs> That's what it says. Hey. Oh. Zeth knows where your Thiru is. And he just goes there to have his Troy Bolton angst music moments. Okay. I was thinking more literal. The massive tower was also empty. That was another reason he likes it. A hundred levels built in ring shapes, each one beneath larger than the one above it to provide a sunlit balcony. Hey, your hero is real. Yeah. He and knows where it's it is. close by. And he just goes to hang out there. <laughs> Wait, how, why do you think it's close by? Because he was just at the Shattered Plains. Zeth travels all around the world killing people because he... he can fly really fast. That you saw him fly away into the night after he fought Kaladin. Well, he can't fly airplane fast. He's he's in the... We're looking at the map. <laughs> How is there a map of the, the world when we don't even have a map of the Shattered Plains? You're kidding, right? Well, it didn't go beyond the Shattered Plains. So <laughs> like, we literally had a map of the Shattered Plains in the last book. It fades off at the edge because yeah. they can't get past it. Yeah. So how do we have this? We, we we know just basically, like, we've been there. We know basically, like, this is the area where the Shattered Plains are. So we've oh, been around it, but okay. we just haven't mapped to the center of it. Okay. Um, you so lost our spot. This. I thought your finger was in it! No. Okay, well, here we go. There's a seal! There's a seal. What does it say? For His Royal Majesty King Gavilar Colin, by His Royal High Cartographer... Isaac Shulman. I Shulin. say suck Shulin. Is I a sick? <laughs> you got this. Thank you. I say sick. Sure. How do you say it? I say it. Say a sock, okay. but I don't think that's right. I think that's how I said it. Issa sick. Whatever. You know who that's <laughs> I do. in reference to? Yeah, that's this is Isaac Stewart's work. Uh, what's the year that he drew this? Eleven sixty-seven. And we are now in the year. 1173. Mm -hmm. So this map is like five or six years old. Yeah, I just pulled that off. That was amazing. <laughs> so, Seth has killed people in Yaakoved, Azir. Uh, he's been killing people literally all over the world. I thought maybe he was like tesseracting or something. That that was part of his... Uh, he flies. Okay. Cool. Like an airplane. <laughs> airplane fast. <laughs> Here, find us where we were. So, Zeth is sitting at the edge of Urethiru, looking down a at the clouds. Meltdown. He is wow in 
big emotional turmoil. He's kind of, I say spiraling, but he's kind of going through everything being like, they said this, like my people said this, but they were wrong. Like that has never, I think that's fascinating that that has never occurred to him that they were wrong. He just accepted it. I love it. Hey, hey, hey. You know how earlier you brought up the idea of the people on the island who obeyed their emperor? Mm -hmm. This is Zeth's moment after finding that out. Mm -hmm. Because he says, years ago, Zeth had been banished for raising the alarm. Mm -hmm. Um, The false alarm, it had been said. The void bringers are no more, they had told him. The spirits of the stones themselves promised it. The powers of old are no more. The night's radiant are fallen. We are all that remains. All that remains. Truthless. Truthless. But he's the only truthless. I think there's a lot in that dot, 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 dot that um, we haven't talked about yet. Which is interesting because while he's here, we talked about now that he's at Eurothero, he's at a place where it is... It's it's holy ground, and he's allowed to walk on stone. Like, this is the only place that that is possible. The only place in the East where the stones were not cursed. Uh, so, have I not been faithful, Zeth shouted. Finally looking up to face the sun, which he was avoiding earlier. Mm-hmm. Have I not obeyed, kept my oath? Have I not done as you demanded of me? So, um, I'm going to spoil for you right now what the song of the week is. Okay. And it's Losing My Religion. (laughs) (laughs) That's me in the corner. (laughs) Every time Zeth closes his eyes, he hears the screams of everyone he's killed. Yeah. So he's trying to leave his eyes open as much as he possibly can. And every time he blinks, so there's a moment he blinked tired eyes screams Mm -hmm. so hey what does it mean if the shamanate are wrong what does it mean if they banished me in error it means the end of all things capital e capital a capital t which is bad you know when you go to english school you learn to pick up these (laughs) how is it spelled it's italicized (laughs) how is it spelled Um, he's having a bit of a Smeagol Gollum moment mm-hmm. on this tower because yeah. if you're just watching this and nothing's happening, he's just screamed to the sky, have I not been faithful? What does he mean? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he dropped off the side of the tower, now flapping in the wind. He filled himself with stormlight and lashed himself southward. His body lurched in that direction, falling across the sky. He could only travel this way for a short time. His stormlight did not last long. Too, okay, so this is interesting. Too imperfect a body. The Knights Radiant, they'd been said. They'd been said to be better at this, like the Voidbringers. Sil mentioned it was strange how much stormlight Zeth had to use. Mm-hmm. He, he has to use up a, a much bigger amount of light than Kaladin does. It's like in uh, Station 19. When they're learning to, like, stretch their oxygen. Their oxygen out. <laughs> um, much earlier, Zeth, when he's holding in Stormlight, he talks about how it streams off his body, that the human body was too porous a container to hold it. Ooh. But, yeah. So, here we go. Um, however, he has just enough light to get out from the mountains and land in a village in the foothills. 
they there's an offering of spears for him. I love this because they think he's a god, which technically I kind of think he might be. Like, and he's gonna go. uh, He you know takes that offering. Like they just come and leave it for him, which Mm -hmm. I think is great. Like he's his own legend. Now, now something is here that you kind of predicted. Is it? A little bit. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure before when we were talking about Zeth, when you're like, he does whatever his masters command him, mm-hmm. but when he breaks free of whatever. I think he's going to go see Teravanji. And so it would take days to get where he's going, but he would find answers or barring that someone to kill of his own I'm choice sure. this time. Listen, I think Teravangian dug his own grave. I, okay. I'm not going to be disappointed per se if this happens. But I almost hope that, like, Teravangian is just, okay, I'm just going to say it. I just hope he's an old dude with no other special powers besides his brilliant mind. Like, it would be weird, I think, if he were to pull out a lightsaber and fight Seth Yoda style. I have been every voice (laughs) you have ever known. And so, uh, like, I I hope that, okay, listen, this makes me sound really bloodthirsty. And I'm sorry, not sorry about it. Um, I hope that Teravangian's death does not happen off screen. I hope we get to see the terror and the... The Teravangian? Yes. And the the O-D-er. Yeah, oh... (laughs) I done messed up. (laughs) That's what I hope. That's my guess. Well, Rafo. Okay. So, there we go. That was great. That was pretty good. Um, so this week's song is going to be Losing My Religion. And Emily, I want to finally say we have discovered the oath stone is not a compulsion. Right. It was obedience. It was obedience. Just he straight up obedience. Just straight up obedience. So Which, he, what does that say about like his like character as a person? Like he just it's it's believed. Oh, I love it. He believed oh. so hard, he killed all. All of those people because he thought it was right. Mm-hmm. Because he just has to obey whatever so his master said. I'm excited to get into this. I'm so excited to get further into his backstory. And I'm going to say it. I think he made the wrong choice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. Murder is wrong. And. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, now, I want you to remember this as we are going deeper into these books, mm-hmm. that Zeth has killed hundreds of people. Yes. That he did not have to. But he, at the he, time, he felt like he had to. Yeah. So he knew murder was wrong, but he felt obeying mm-hmm. his oath was more important than the lives of these people, let's mm-hmm. just say. That, yeah. that was... You know, to him. And he's felt bad about it the whole time. Yeah. But that, that, see, I think him feeling bad is going to turn to anger, is going to turn to, like, him going to try and make it right. But the only way that I think he thinks he can make it right is by killing all of those who made him go kill those, made him, quote unquote, go kill those people who ordered him to Mm -hmm. do that. Because I would think that he would see them as complicit, even yeah. though he, it's, ooh, ooh, I want to read a literary analysis about this. Okay, so, and something I do want to bring up is somebody's like, well, he had a choice. 
That was me 30 seconds ago. <laughs> he had a choice. I do want to remark that forcing someone to, like, coercion and compulsion mm-hmm. and, like, the difference between those. That, yeah. like, listen, this is, this is, he's following these oaths because it was deeply a part of his religion as being Shin. Yeah. Like, his whole identity is wrapped up in this. And so he's done this out of identity and faith and obedience He's been asked to do terrible things it was because right. he believed it was right. And now he's realizing that the people who told him to do this were wrong about what he had said in the first place. And if they were wrong about that, then they were wrong about making him truthless. And he has been wrong about everything he's done. I love me a and good upheaval. It's taken him six years to stop. And Emily, whew, we're we're gonna call him person A. Now there's gonna be someone later that we're gonna call person B, and someone after that we're gonna call person C. Okay. You're gonna Rafo, but they're not foils. <laughs> but these are gonna be three characters. Are there three other truthlesses? No. Oh, Rafo. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. These these people I'm talking about are not truthless. There are going to be three other char- two other characters that we're going to discuss. And this is, again, the central question of the book. When is it right to kill? Okay. And when is it not? Is Kaladin one of them? Do you know what? Rafo. Okay. Is Shalon one of them? Do you know what? <laughs> Rafo! <laughs> There's a reason I'm saying person A, person B, person C. Zeth is person A, Okay. And do you know what Yasna was person footnote? The, <laughs> the, um, the lesson does sort of factor into this, but obviously the lesson is a much smaller scale than this. Okay. And uh, spoilers for a conversation you and I are going to have a bunch is, is person Rafo. A, B, or C the quote unquote worst? Is, who's done the worst thing? Okay. See, not knowing who those other people are, I'm uh-huh. going to say it's not Zeth. Be- even though he did terrible things, I don't think he's a terrible person. <laughs> Listen, Listen I- just because you feel bad about the murder doesn't make it not a murder! I don't, okay, I'm trying to think of the words. I'm not excusing it. I'm not uh-huh, saying uh-huh. that, like, he's a precious cinnamon My roll poor little meow meow him. is not the worst. <laughs> See, that's not what I mean. I mean... Corpo from my podcast! <laughs> I mean... He believed what he was doing was right. Okay, listen, I understand how that sounds, I, but I'm going to talk in a circle for just a second. Cool motive! <laughs> Still murder! It, okay, I'm going to say this. It maybe doesn't make sense, but I don't feel it was malicious. He didn't... Okay, listen, I know how this <laughs> sounds! Don't look at me! You, you keep talking! Don't put your face on my book! <laughs> <laughs> I'll just look this way. <laughs> so, I feel that Zeth did these things with a quote-unquote pure heart. That his belief behind it was this was right and good what he was doing. I cannot keep a straight face. I know this, you can Yeah, keep going. And, and it might take me a few episodes to maybe make my point. But mm-hmm. when I think of, like, who's the worst, I think of, like, okay... Avatar 2 just came out. Tuvatar. Tuvatar. I have no plans to go see it. I saw the first one in theaters. It didn't speak to me. It was just like another kind of, to me, 
If you want to see a good animated movie, watch Spider-Verse. There you go. To me, it was kind of another generic fantasy CGI, whatever. I understand it was, you know, a Marvel. I, I mean, very technical, that sort of thing. I had one of the strongest emotional responses to it, though. Spoilers for Avatar 1 that's been out for 15 years. The army comes and destroys this tree that is like the pillar of this community. It is where they get their wisdom from. It is like so important their to their from, culture. Yeah. And they just come and bulldoze it. And it's very emotional where like these natives have no recourse to stop it. And this thing that is so important to them is just bowled over by this corporation doing it for greed. That's when I'm thinking of like, that's the worst. That's the sort of caliber I'm thinking is that you're, that's the caliber I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm going to take this moment to mention some of just the absolutely idiotic, stupid, racist things James Cameron has said in his press tour for Avatar 2. Amen. About uh, the Lakota Sioux people. And that they were his inspiration for this movie and that they, quote, did not fight hard enough when the colonizers came. So I'm not going to see Avatar 2. Yeah, I have no plans to do that. But here's something about Avatar 1. Jake's job. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring Jake this up. Jake Sully's job was to tell the Na'avi that's what the corporation wanted was the stuff underneath the tree. And he was supposed to open up negotiations. And he did not warn them that this was coming. He did not tell them this is what these people wanted. Is it his fault? Yes. Okay. Um. <laughs> and now I'm going to say maybe a little more complicated than that. But. <laughs> could things have been different if Jake had did it? What he was supposed to do? <laughs> Dude, people are dead now. Yes. But could he have stopped that whole army by himself? But yeah, listen, it's Jake's fault the tree went under. Yeah. Jumping back to this book. Words of Radiance? Yes. Okay. Zeth did those murders. Yes. He was not magically compelled to do those murders. No. Now, he has a very good reason why he did them. Mm -hmm. But he knew it was wrong the whole time he did it. And so. But he didn't feel that he had a choice. And right. I feel that's different but, than choosing to murder someone because you think it's fun. So he has this little coping mechanism that he starts. And we see this during the King of Yaakov Ed murder. Where he's like, it's this guy's fault for putting these people here so I will have to kill them. Mm -hmm. Is a spear responsible for the lives it takes? Is a sword responsible for the lives it takes? He's kind of a weapon. He's a person! <laughs> but, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> he's not a metaphor. He's a man. He's unbeatable, though. If You can't beat a machine gun. You can't beat... Till you can't stand in front of a cannon... And uh, to survive. I'm pretty sure there were some circus performers who did exactly that all okay. the time. Listen. No, but yeah, sorry, sorry. You're right, you're right. People can learn to get hit with bricks. <laughs> Your words. Right, my words. I'm just, I'm, like, that's just something I feel 
about Seth. Not that, like, he was a good person deep down all along, but just, like, I am so fascinated by the level of commitment he had that allowed him to circumvent right and wrong. And I'm super interested to see how he's going to carry that out. What? What? Do you remember in the first book? Yeah. Where you were like, how come none of Sadius's men are turning against him? Mm Mm-hmm. How could all of Sadius's men watch him do this terrible thing and Dear not say, boss. that was what I said. <laughs> and you were like, this is clearly wrong. Why are none of them saying this is wrong? Why are all of them going along with it? And you were really upset. I was. It's fascinating because Brandon does this on I Love. He presents the same problem on mm-hmm. multiple Levels. Of intensity. Of yeah. intensity. We've got Zeth up here doing his thing. We've got, you know, Sadius and his men and just kind of turning a blind eye. We have Amram and his honor guard. Like that sort of thing. And I just, I love the layers and the intensity of and, this book. And so, and so, I'm sorry, please, please. That was it. Like, that was me. I love this book. I'm bringing us back to what Kaladin's dad taught him. Mm-hmm. Someone has to do what is right because it is right. Mm-hmm. Someone has to, you know, someone has to care. Yeah. Someone has to stand up and say, no, not me, not today. Mm-hmm. And Zeth never did that Mm-mm. until, you know, he was given proof that his faith was wrong. I don't think Zeth could have done it himself without someone completely breaking his worldview. Like, I think he was too entrenched in what was mm-hmm. going on and just mm-hmm. so sad about what he was doing. That he did the whole, like, it's their fault, it's all of this, it's not yeah. me. That was his coping mechanism. It has nothing mechanism. to do with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the thing is, let's say this is not true. Let's say that the woman who's destroying artwork mm-hmm. is Shin. Okay. And she's an art truthless. This is not real, this is not canon, <laughs> okay. forget this. Okay. And she and Zeth are both truthless. And they all have to do with their master say, and she's been told to destroy artwork, and mm-hmm. he's been told to kill people. Mm-hmm. Even though they both have the same level of obedience, destroying a piece of art is not the same as killing a person. No. It's not. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He's kind of like a weapon. He's a person! I mean, like, to the artist, though. Yeah. I mean, if you, you know, you'd spent... Let's say you got your animatic done. Uh-huh. You, you've been, it's your, your Working life. Working out for six years. For six years and it's finished and it's perfect and it's wonderful. And someone comes along and sticks a magnet on your computer on purpose to destroy it. So Emily, Emily, <laughs> Emily, you know, person A, person B, person C. Yeah. When we get to person C, who of these three examples, person three will do the least amount of killing. Okay. But, but do it in the worst way possible. Um, I'm going to rafo everything else about person C. But basically, okay. person B will have killed the most people. Okay. Person C will have killed the least people. And I'm sorry, we can't talk about it for like a while. And okay. I'm sorry you've got these ABC people <laughs> going in your head. But tell but them, tell me when we get there. I will tell you when we get there. Um, we've got the idea of what is the life of someone worth. Okay. And I'm also jumping back to when we're talking to Wit at the end of the first book, and he's like, what do men value the most? Mm -hmm. And one person is like, well, this. And Wit's like, uh, no. 
And it's like, no, like every single person ascribes different levels of value onto things. Mm -hmm. Like I was talking with a friend today and he asked me if storytelling is better with CG or 2D. And I'm like, well, that's, that's like not the point. Mm -hmm. But for me personally, I get more emotionally moved seeing beautiful hand-drawn animation than I do seeing beautiful CG. Mm-hmm. And what really makes my heart a flutter is a beautiful combination of the two because mm-hmm. I like seeing the hand of the artist in a movie. Yeah. And just because I value that more doesn't mean that that is actually more valuable than someone who gets really emotionally moved when they listen to a symphony mm-hmm. or someone who gets like, really emotionally invested in their sports team, that, like, we apply different levels of value on different things. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to say this. We as readers have zero level of emotional value on any of the people Zeth has killed. Mm -hmm. He's, I mean, except for that one Bridgman who died. Right? He killed a Bridgman? Belled? Oh, yeah. And he, you didn't he, care. You didn't know who that was. Well, he, he, he maimed um, the other one, Haber. Yeah. So, thing is... I think it's a little easier for you to say, but Seth feels really bad about the people he killed because we as readers do not know the names, the faces of the thousands of people that he's killed. That's what I was going to say. And forgive me, I'm sure someone knows exactly the the quote that I'm talking about, but someone says like, like two or three people dying is so tragic. But when you start talking about like thousands and millions of people dying, it just becomes a statistic. Yeah. Like, it's it's too hard to try and assign individual, like, yeah. feelings about that many people. So, like, imagine if the men who died during the lesson, what if we had met them in an interlude? And found out how horrible they were? What if one of them, sorry, we're doing hypotheticals now, what if one of them was Ishik, and he's visiting one of his cousins inland? And they're like, you've got to help us with a job. And he's like, oh, I don't know the customs here. I don't know the people here. But yeah, I'll help you do a job. You're my friend. You're my buddy. And he steps out into the alleyway with everyone. And he sees these two ladies. And he's like, I don't know what we're doing here. Maybe we're going to give them some fish. You know, it's Ishik. He's from the Pure Lakes. He's great. Mm -hmm. And then he just gets turned to fire. Well, he won't suffer. He's dead now. Ishik's dead. And that lady is never going to marry him. And she's going to wonder for years, what happened to Ishik? I thought he was going to marry me one day. That's really sad. That is really sad. Why would you say that? Because. (laughs) Are you crying? I trying to illustrate a point that, <laughs> that if Yasna is killing four NPC characters, you know, four bandits in Horizon Zero Dawn, I'm so sorry I made you so sad, then, yeah, obviously she can kill those randos we don't care about. But, okay, it's like three randos and it's Ishik. And that that makes what she did in the alleyway wrong because we know Ishik. We know who he is as a person. Mm-hmm. We know what led him to this point. I'm sure if we'd read a story about these bandits growing up and what led them to this life and, oh my gosh, you know, they did kill a bunch of people in the alleyway, but they felt bad about it. You are comparing apples to bananas. 
I am comparing humans to humans. <laughs> and what I'm what I'm trying to get at is I think what Zeth did was wrong, no question. Yes. And I know why he did it. And how do you if you can, how on earth do you find redemption from something of that magnitude? Yeah, yeah. Can you? Because this kind of goes back to what I'm saying is like, I'm not expecting Zeth to handle this in a healthy way whatsoever mm-hmm. at all. Which is why I'm just like, I don't think his murder spree is going to end. I think it will decrease dramatically, but I, I don't think... I he's... don't know if there's a lot of bodies on the back cover! <laughs> I don't... Uh, expect him to handle it well well like at all like i'm not saying like oh he's in in the corner (laughs) i'm not saying like oh he's enlightened now i'm just saying like stuff's gonna get bad as he works out what he went through Mm -hmm. like it's gonna be bad and i'm intrigued to see what direction he goes Mm -hmm. like i don't think all of a sudden he's gonna be like i shall never kill again i don't think he cannot like Uh i just i Okay, I think he values human life, but I don't think he understands human life. Okay, I think that's very fair. I'd like to compare him to the Winter Soldier. Okay. Uh, yes, that's a great comparison. In Well, don't get too excited. Okay, I'm waiting. Bucky got brainwashed. Yes. Bucky was, like, ordered to do these things because he was, like, uh, mentally incapacitated by the brainwashing of... The Russians, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Hydra. Yeah. Hydra. Hydra. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Mentally incapacitated because of the brainwashing of Hydra. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to say that Bucky and Zeth have killed an equal, a comparable <laughs> amount of people. I'll, I'll take that. Now, Bucky was brainwashed and tortured and forced into doing it. Mm-hmm. And he Zeth, wasn't Bucky anymore. Okay. The Winter Soldier was tortured and brainwashed oh. and forced into doing it sorry i meant bucky was tortured into becoming yes someone else. yes yeah and zeth was obeying something that mm-hmm. he deeply believed his whole life mm-hmm. but he definitely had full possession of his faculties while he was doing it yep counterpoint i agree i think that's a great okay that's a great point not arguing that <laughs> counterpoint i agree <laughs> <laughs> i don't think you learned the correct <laughs> definition of that okay anyway um would Zeth have become this without someone telling him what to believe? Did someone brainwash him, brainwash, quote unquote, in the loosest sense of the word, into believing that this obedience was the best thing he could do with his life? Okay, imagine, if you will, mm-hmm. Kaladin mm-hmm. ends up in Shinovar. Okay. Don't know how. It just... This it is, happens. This is like, how did Ishik get all the way to Karbov? And he didn't. He's fine. Cal is on Shinovar, <laughs> and he's like, hey, um, there's this friend talking to me, and I think the Radiants are back. And all of the Shin are like, oh, you're truthless. Get, here's your Oath Stone. Whoever holds the Oath Stone, they get to tell you what to do. You're truthless. At Kaladin, what would he say? Absolutely not. <laughs> Rock, what? And he throws it. Does it have stormlight? Can I suck it? <laughs> so, yeah, culturally, paperwork is to the Azish <laughs> as whatever happened to Zeth is to the Shin. That's a good analogy. And uh, jumping, 
Sorry, I feel like we've been doing a lot of jumping here. We're <laughs> connecting a lot of dots here for, from just out of the air for no reason. Uh, kind of going back to stuff we've mentioned about the Alethi before. If you're raised that war and battle and fighting are good and honorable, mm-hmm. of course you see the way someone like Sadius mows through all of the listeners. And thinks that he's so much better than them. Yeah. Because he's so much better because than them. Because he's been taught, he's been conditioned to believe this. Mm-hmm. And while the cracks are really happening for Zeth here, mm-hmm. we are starting, we start to see him start to doubt and question the things that he's told during his interludes in book one. Mm-hmm. There's a bit where he's in the bar and he's contemplating about, this is before Terebanjian gets his oath stone. Um, he's sitting in the bar and he's watching everybody walk on the stone floor. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking, okay, but out here, there's nothing else to walk on. Yeah. So, like, of course they have to walk on stone. They have to and do this terrible thing. Because they don't have any other choice. And then mm-hmm. he catches himself thinking that. He says, oh, no, I can't think like that. Mm-hmm. I can't do like this. And, guys, I've made this comparison before. I'm going to make it again. That I, f- I feel like, um, I feel that the Shin religion is not on purpose, but a highly heightened and exaggerated version of what it was like growing up in Utah Valley mm-hmm. and how the world outside of our religious community was discussed. Mm-hmm. And I feel a certain connection with Zeth. And one of the reasons why I poo-poo him so much is I'm like, well, I figured it out before I killed 800 people, so maybe you could have done some critical thinking a little bit earlier. It would be fascinating. I mean, we are kind of, but to read this through with the lens of someone leaving a cult. Okay, well, um, (laughs) cult is a strong word. For the shin. <laughs> but yeah, that your culture and your belief system with the Alethi characters we're with, with Shalon being raised in, from a place of privilege that she was, mm-hmm. that people's background really, really colors who they are in the present. Yeah. And we've been talking about this a bunch. So I think we're going to call it here tonight. But um, this has been... So fun. Just so you know, I am having a very good time. This is not the last we see of Zeth in this book. <laughs> good. The back cover prophecy <laughs> will come to pass. Good. I wonder if you know anyone no! in this No, don't say it. Okay. Um, let's talk heralds. So in the front of Lyft, we got two heralds. That's... Oh, shoot. It's been so long. Nay, the N... Nazarish. Nope. You're thinking that's the thief series, Nahusarish? <laughs> that's Nalin. Nalin. Okay. And Woman with the Hood? I don't remember. It's a very plain. Oh, that's Shalash? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's Shalash. Sorry, for I some reason Shalash I thought. Shalash doesn't have the crown, does she? I thought she did, but I don't... now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think she does. Dang it. It's been, okay. It's been longer than one week since we've looked at this. It has been longer <laughs> than one month because we haven't recorded since Dragonsteel. Yeah. It's... Because we're so far ahead on this podcast. <laughs> Don't you look it up. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm not. Sorry, sorry. Hooded 
woman is Vev. Vev? I don't know that I remember her. Vetaletive. Oh, okay. All right. So it is Vetaletive and Nalen. And Vetaletive is the herald of loving and healing. And I think that is a great herald to pair with Lyft's chapter. And in fact, she is the patron of the Edge Dancers. Oh, perfect. Yep. And then uh, Nalen is that justice guy. Justice. Like, he's the he's the herald of justice, and he's here for overseeing justice. Nice. Um, and then on front of Zeth's chapter. Oh, it's, it's, um... The one we just talked about. It's Bev twice. Bev twice. Bev uh Loving and healing. Which needs to take place. <laughs> that needs. <laughs> that guy needs some help. Oof. Well. I'm really looking forward to talking about, well, obviously, Zeth. But the idea of, like, becoming your own person. Uh-huh. Like, I'm really looking forward to our discussions about that. Okay. So I'm going to get us uh, pretty close to 50 pages for our next reading. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say what feels like a million chapters. (laughs) Okay. Are they short-ish or are they all kind of... I mean, listen, I'll read it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to decide. All right. We are going to read Interlude 11. New Rhythms with Esh and I. Awesome. And then we're going to get into part four, which is called yes. The Approach. The point of view characters are, yes. Uh, how many parts of this book? Is it four five. or five? Okay. Uh, part four, The Approach. The point of view characters are Kaladin. Nice. Shallan. Yes. And Dalinar. Yes! We haven't seen him for all I've part three. I've him so we're, much. He's got a lot to answer for. <laughs> yes, he does. He made Amaram the king of the I radius. Know. What was he thinking? So we are going to read that interlude 11. We're going to read chapter 59, Fleet. Chapter 60, Veil, Walks. <gasps> Veil, okay. And chapter 61, Obedience. And chapter 62, The One Who Killed Promises. <gasps> Okay, well, I'm going to go back to picking up puzzle pieces off the floor. I'm just going to relax. It's a Friday night. You can do it. Okay. I believe in you. I believe in you. Ready? Ready? Break. Save that. Uh, Wasn't that fun? I love this episode. I was re-listening to it again. It's March right now. We recorded it in November, and it's just, it's fun. I love listening to us. Special thanks to Michael B. and Cardi for the use of his song, A Passing Storm, in our intro and outro. You can catch our next Roswell, whoops, you can catch our next Roswell episode a week from today, and then the week after that, we'll be back with another episode of Words of Radiance. Thank you all so much for listening. And I hope you have a great day. Well, I know you'll have a great day because uh, I believe in you.